Hello, welcome to Podcast Abbreviated. This is Tim. And this is Chris. And this podcast abbreviation is of a two and a half hour lecture on the psychological foundations of the Old Testament, an introduction to the idea of God. Before you click off, if those words are scary for you, highly recommend that you stick around. This is not what you think it is. Jordan has a very interesting take on how we can approach the Bible in the modern day. What is there of value in the Bible, no matter what you believe about God or the Bible? Two and a half hours is a long time to listen to Jordan Peterson talk about the Old Testament. Or anybody, really. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So what we've done for you is taken that two and a half hours and condensed it to under 10 minutes. So you can get the best of this lecture series in the shortest amount of time. Then we are releasing Tim and I's breakdown episode next week. This episode is so jam-packed with content and ideas, we want to give you enough time to digest. Tim and I's breakdown should be especially valuable because we've listened to this lecture over 10 times. And so we've been able to integrate the content into our lives and spell it out in a way that's easy to understand and from our own personal perspectives. All right, that's it. We hope you enjoy this episode on Jordan Peterson redefining God from an Old Testament perspective. I'll start with this because this is the right question. Why bother with this strange old book at all? I see in it the struggle of humanity to rise above its animal forebears say and to become conscious of what it means to be human and that's a very difficult thing because we don't know who we are what we are where we came from or any of those things if you're going to live in the world and you're going to do it properly what does properly mean and how is it that you might go about that it's what everyone wants to know how do you live in the world think about it this way you're standing in front of a field and you can see the field but the field doesn't tell you how to walk through it There's an infinite number of ways you could walk through it. And so you can't extract out an inviolable guide to how you should act from the array of facts that are in front of you. Because there's just too many facts. But you, you need to know. You need to know how not to suffer and you need to know what your aim is. And so you have to overlay that objective reality with some interpretive structure. The Bible It concentrates on trying to elucidate the nature of human experience, and that is not the same as the objective world. Ancient representations of reality were sort of a weird meld of observable phenomena, things that we would consider objective facts, and subjective truth. That doesn't mean that there isn't truth in it, it just means that you have to be a little bit more sophisticated about your ideas of truth. And so if you know that what the Bible stories and stories in general are trying to represent is the lived experience of conscious individuals, then that opens up the possibility of a whole different realm of understanding and eliminates the contradiction that's been painful for people between the objective world and the claims of religious stories. To understand the first part of Genesis, I'm going to turn to part of the New Testament, and this is a central element of Christianity. This is what John said about Christ. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. That's the Logos, actually. And the Logos is embodied in the figure of Christ. So there's this idea in John that whatever Christ is, the Son of God, is not only instantiated in history, say at a particular time and place, as a as a carpenter in some backwoods part of the world, but also something eternal 
that exists up outside of time and space that was there right at the beginning. What that logos represents, something like what modern people refer to when they talk about consciousness. It's more than that, it's like consciousness and its capacity to, to be aware and its capacity to communicate. Consciousness shines a light on things to bring it into being. Because without consciousness, what is there? The answer that this book is presenting is that no, you have to think about consciousness as a constituent element of reality. It's something that's necessary for reality itself to exist. We don't understand what it is that is in us that gives illumination to being. And what happens in the Old Testament, at least in part, is that that consciousness is associated with the divine. In a well-functioning, properly grounded democratic system, you have intrinsic value. That's the source of your rights. Even if you're a murderer, we have to say, the law can only go so far because there's something about you that's divine. Well, what does that mean? Well, partly it means that there's something about you that's conscious and capable of communicating, like you're a whole world in, unto yourself. And you have that to contribute to everyone else, and that's valuable. I mean, you can learn new things. You can transform the structure of society. You can invent a new way of dealing with the world. You're capable of all that. It's an intrinsic part of you. There's something about the logos that is necessary for the absolute chaos of the reality beyond experience to manifest itself as reality. That's an amazing idea because it gives consciousness a constitutive role in the cosmos. And whatever it is that is you has this capacity to experience reality and to transform it. You can conceptualize a future in your imagination and then you can work and make that manifest. You participate in the process of creation 